You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Born and raised in North Carolina, Ramin Barani graduated from Columbia University in New York City with a degree in film theory. He left America in 1998 to live with his parents in Iran for three years, where he made his first feature film, Strangers. And after some time in Paris, Barani returned to the U.S. to begin work on Man Pushcart, his latest film, which has just been released. Ramin Barani, welcome to film school. Oh, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Now, and where where are you in France? I'm in Nice right now. Oh, Nice. Uh, how is it nice in Nice? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. Yes. Is, it, is it is it sunny there? Is it a nice nice day? Yeah. Not, not, it is pretty good weather. Yeah. All right, very I, good. I actually have spent a little time there, and it's a beautiful community. Really nice. So, so this is uh, it's a wonderful film you have here. <laughs> what was what's the inspiration behind it? Was there a moment in time where you said this is the film I have to make? Um, actually, there was. Um, I was in Paris um, in 2001, um, shortly after 9-11, when Bush bega- began to bomb Afghanistan. And, and I began to think of the Afghans I knew that lived not in Iran but in, in America, and they were pushcart vendors in New York, which immediately I thought would be a very interesting subject for a film. And that made me think about Albert Camus' Myth of Sisyphus, which had always been a very important book to me growing up. And I thought that this man dragging this car would be a modern version of that myth, and I thought that image alone would be enough to, to make a film, and so I immediately returned to New York and began working on the film in, in January 2002. And it was around that time that you must have met uh, the actor who plays Ahmad. Sisyphus. <laughs> yes, Sisyphus in this. Uh, you, how, did, how did you meet him? That's, that's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, I, I spent almost two years um, coming to know the life of pushcart vendors um, what their job entails, the details of it, as well as many of them personally. And during that time, I, I came to meet Ahmed, who stars in the film but is not an actor. He's never studied acting. He'd never even been in front of the camera before mm. and had himself been a, uh, been a pushcart vendor for almost a year, about a, a less than a decade before I had met him. And I met him in Midwood, Brooklyn, which is a predominantly South Asian neighborhood, um, which had been devastated by the events of 9-11. Um, and he actually served me a pastry and a tea in a sweet shop that his parents owned and that he managed, mm-hmm. kind of like how people meet him in the film, which was through serving. Uh-huh. Right. And I just became captivated by him, and, and I, I we became friends for the course of one or two years, and I, I rewrote aspects of my script based on his life um, and then asked him to play the, the lead, and he accepted. Uh, he's, he's very good, and he's, very, he's this very quiet, sort of muted sense about him. Uh, but what, what makes this film on many levels uh, so interesting is, is that he has a very simple, quote-unquote, simple life in that he, he pushes his cart, he, he stands, it's there for a number of hours in New York, and he interacts with customers, some regulars and some not. But just below the surface, he has a very complex uh, set of dynamics in his life, including um, the death of a, a wife and and uh, and, a, and a son who he is uh, trying to reestablish a relationship with. So he's got a lot going on in his life. Yes. And uh, what was it like to film uh, in Manhattan? There? Well, there, yeah. 
you but know, this, this New York is such an important part of this film. You've you've made New York a central player in 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 this film. Yeah, I mean, I really had a hard time remembering the last time that New York was a real character in a film since Taxi Driver, and because I lived in New York, I just get upset when I see movies that treat it as a backdrop or um, mm-hmm. they don't really utilize it as as a character, which it it really is in your your day to day life. Yeah, and you know, we shot with a very small crew. Um, partially for budgetary reasons, but also, even if there was more of a budget, I wouldn't want a bigger crew because it kind of takes away the energy of the spontaneity of, of, of the city and of, of real locations. So yeah. a lot of times we would shoot from across the street. Um, a lot of people didn't know we were filming. There were many times where people came up to the push cart and would really buy a uh-huh. coffee and a donut, and our donuts were five, six days old, so we'd have to then chase them down and, you know, <laughs> explain to them they've just bought a six-day-old donut. Oh, actually, um, actually you, were, you were filming a scene when they would do this? And you just oh, yeah. Ran yeah. With it? Oh, fact, very good. There's a scene in the film. Yeah. You know, Ahmed's second job in the movie to make more money, as you said, to kind of rebuild his life with his son, is he sells bootleg DVDs, uh, many of them, um, you know, porn films. And yeah. there's one scene where he's selling it to a man in a hole who... who collects deliveries for a restaurant. Right, right. And there's another man who comes and makes a delivery, and that man that makes a delivery says, oh, I can get these for $4 in the Bronx right. on Fordham Road. Right. Well, this man has no idea we're even filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, these are the things that happen when, when you shoot with a smaller crew mm. and, and you kind of take a step back and, and just let things happen. Well, the film looks wonderful, too. I, the uh, cinematographer was... Uh, what I don't have his name with me. Michael Simmons, yeah, Michael he's Simmons? incredibly talented, and and he's you him. may not believe it, but he's younger than me. He's he was two years younger than me, uh, and um, he's really it was the first time I felt I had a collaboration with another artist, and I'm really lucky. He's also we just finished shooting uh, my new film. We just wrapped about three weeks ago. I'm, I'm actually here right now, going over the footage, and yeah. he's, he's really incredibly talented. Is isn't it so important to have that cinematographer, have somebody who who can bring your vision to life in, in ways that you probably couldn't have imagined and envisioned yourself. In this, in this, well, don't say that. Much. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you just you, bring your vision to life. Very, very talented uh, uh, cinematographers are just, I think, uh, can can certainly make a, yeah, make a picture. Yeah, I, I think that really he he made the film better. You know, yeah. and that's why I say I thought it was a collaboration. Was it, it instead of me just dictating this is what should happen? Yeah. You know, we would work together on things and and. We tend to see things in a similar way, which which helps. And so, instead of him wanting to take the film in a different angle, he wants to take it in the same angle but more, um, which creates for a collaboration instead of a conflict or instead of just a kind of a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, it's interesting because you know Sven Nyquist just passed away, and oh, I don't know. And I was reading about. Um, I was just sort of reading about him again. I mean, obviously we all know Sven Nyquist. Yeah. And, and, you know, he really would like to shoot with available light or yeah. one light, and it would be light you would see in the frame, yeah. you know, like a lamp. I mean, I had just watched Scenes from a Marriage, like, two, maybe a week before his death, by chance. I had not seen. That was one of the Bergman films I had never had a chance to see. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know, and, and Simmons has that same philosophy as well, which is shooting with available light or with bare minimum light that is needed and that it's really that it's there, you know. Well... A good percentage, and I would say eighty to ninety percent of this film is filmed at, at night or yes. in darker places, certainly. Right. And uh, so, and particularly when um, Ahmad, Ahmad is pushing the cart, there's a right. lot of scenes where you can barely make him out, but you obviously you know he what he's doing, and and just the uh, just the sort of tedium 
and yeah. and struggle that he has. Well, it's and, so refreshing to see something shot with available light too, yeah. because it brings you into the film. I mean, you're yeah. familiar with available light because right. that's that's what you live with, and it it, it always brings kind of this you know, Hollywood gloss that's not real when yes. things are overlit. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we really wanted because, as you said, eighty ninety percent of the film is at night. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like night that had been lit for everyone to see every single detail in the mm-hmm. frame. Right. Um, we want it to look like night the way it really looks to your eye. And, and you know, I, I remember something that really gave us the courage to do that was Cassavetti's The Killing of a Chinese Bookie, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A nocturnal L.A. film mm-hmm. really ha- had the courage to do that. And, and Any of the more recent, like the Dogma 95 stuff, is that things that have you found interesting or influenced um, you at all? Not really. I would say I'm not as... I don't watch as many um, contemporary films, um, but I, in in terms of contemporary film, I would say really maybe more mm-hmm. Dardan Brothers was was important in terms of um, work, which you also see in British cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Loach or Mike Lee, um, Helen Clark, mm-hmm. um, Kiarostami. Obviously, the Iranian filmmaker was very important in terms of contemporary cinema. Mm-hmm. Now we're speaking with Ramin Barani. He's the director of Man Push Cart. And uh, just for the record, Man Push Cart uh, is playing in uh, at the Lemley Playhouse in Pasadena, also the Lemley Fallbrook in West Hills, uh, and also a Lemley Music Hall in Beverly Hills, and right here across the street from UCI at the Edwards University Town Center. That's uh, Man Push Cart. Um. You you used your 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 primary actor. It was a non actor, at least uh, prior to this film. Um, the other actors involved in this were these first timers. Uh, the uh, the character, the woman, he um, has a sort of let's see, he doesn't have an affair, but he has a relationship with the woman from uh, from another vendor. Yeah, works the newsstand. Newsstand. Yeah, was she was she? Uh, she was actually an actress. She came from Spain and. It's kind of a rising star in Spain. She's terrific um, in this. She's yeah, Leticia Dolera. She's really, there's something very warm about Isn't her. Isn't there? Uh, she's just a very, she's beautiful, but she has this personality that comes across in the film that really brings you in. Very very much so. Uh, um, I was lucky to, to get her, um, and I think she did great, you know, really does a great job in the film. And um, she was actually really happy with it and, and thought it was, she told me she thought it was her best film and that. Mm-hmm. It gave her a chance to kind of do a more natural style of acting, which I think her films that she had done in Spain were a little bit more stylized Mm -hmm. work. And so she was really excited by that. And and to come to know Ahmed and and these real locations, and we're very lucky to have her. And clearly, she's good, and and the film's doing actually incredibly well in Spain. I think it's in its fifth week now there, and Mm -hmm. we did even better in Spain than we did in France. And and so she, and I think a lot of that is, is... to her. So Man Pushcart had an international release at the same time, or was it prior to the release here in, in the United States? Well, the film, yeah, the film already, has, has already, was already released um, several months ago in France and in Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, and it came out in Spain maybe one or two weeks before New York, which New York was a couple weeks before L.A., and mm-hmm. it's coming out in England in October 6th, and then later it's going to be released in Italy and Greece and several other countries. You must be very proud of this. I mean, there's a... Uh, you've Everywhere I look, there's glowing reviews, and it is a very fine film. And, and you say you're, you're working on something right now. Are, are, did you say you were in the editing process of something Yeah, I'm, I'm actually screening all the footage right now. We, we just finished shooting about um, 
three weeks ago, I guess, mm-hmm. a new film in Queens that we shot in Queens, again, with this time with all non-actors, um, except for one, which is Ahmed. Ahmed is back. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Okay. He has a supporting lead in this film, but the lead is a 12-year-old Hispanic boy and a 16-year-old, his 16-year-old sister. Does this um, have a working title? Yeah, it does. Uh, there was an article about it in the, in the Times, the New York Times, which I called the film Iron Triangle, which was not true. I didn't want to reveal the title at that time, but mm-hmm. I will tell you now the title is called Chop Shop. Mm-hmm. Chop, all right. Okay. And a chop shop is where you go with a stolen car to get it mm-hmm. chopped up and parts get stolen, uh, you know, sold off after that. And that's the title. Well, I, I, well, yeah, well it sounds like... It sounds like you, us a scoop on Yeah, it. It, sounds, it sounds like you have really found... Uh, you've... I think in one one interview I read that you 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 were t- with this film Man Pushcart you were trying to show New York in a way that no one, as far as you knew, no one had ever shown New York, and I think you did that. I think that, that this sort of uh, this support system that uh, New Yorkers wake up to every morning, people know virtually nothing about, and there's a there's this entire society that is almost invisible to most of most of the people who live there. Yes. Yeah, that was that was very important to me. I mean, we've been making films in New York for over a hundred years, and yeah. I really wanted to show characters and locations that were new and fresh that we had not seen before. And, and as you said, these are people that they're in our lives every single day, yeah. but we don't really look at them, and we don't really know that they have a life and a story and, and an existence. And you know, one of the one of the things in this film was that hopefully we would kind of take another look at those people. Yeah, that's exactly what what you do when you watch this film. You can't help but think about it. The uh, oh, I know we're we're running very short on time here. I'm sorry, but the one last thing with uh, Ahmad's uh, character, he's in the cart and how he just comes alive or comes alive. He he ch- changes himself when a customer walks up, very muted otherwise, and then when somebody walks up to the cart, he takes on this entirely different persona. So it's it it's a really it's a terrific uh, character study. Uh, it's a film that uh, I urge uh, everyone to run out and see. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're thrilled to have you on uh, Film School, and uh, when the when the next film, when Chop Chop hits the, hits the theaters, I hope you'll yep. you'll think about coming back on and talking about it with us. I'd love to. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast. Visit our website at kuci.org/filmschool. dot org slash film school.